We are in a series called Parables, and what we're talking about are the stories that Jesus would tell in order to uh, describe what the kingdom of God is like. And so, if you can imagine, you know, we all get caught up in what our physical world is like. You know, is there traffic? Um, who is going to be president, right? I mean, these are big things. What are, what are my kids doing? What are my parents doing? All these kind of physical circumstances. You know, how's my job going? All, all these things. But in the midst of all that is also the kingdom of heaven. And the, basically the idea of the kingdom of heaven is that you, um, it's any time God is truly, Jesus is truly reigning like he's truly Lord. So I can look through my physical lens of what's happening physically through the lens of the kingdom of heaven. The way Jesus describes this is that he says, may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So in other words, can, can I get a glimpse of it now? You know, oftentimes we think if we if we accept Jesus, we go to heaven, and that's good. And, uh, you know, I, I always say, uh, heaven, good. Okay, so you, you want to go to heaven, right? So, but, but there's something to be experienced here on earth. A relationship with Jesus that transcends our circumstances. And so what parables do is they're just stories that Jesus told to try to get us to get a glimpse of what it could be like if we truly let Jesus run our life, if we truly made him Lord. Our relationships look different. Our finances look different. Our, our careers look different. As we capture a glimpse of what it would be like if I truly made God Lord of these things. What if I made God Lord of my finances? Would my purchases look different? If you go to my Amazon account, previous orders. I like to joke around. The reason I know I'm rich, like, like, I'm like rich beyond imagination, is because I'll order something on Amazon, and it'll show up, and I'll forget that I ordered it, and it's like Christmas. Like, like what's this? Oh, that's right. I ordered those memory cards, right? So it's just, uh, that's how I know I'm, that's how I know I'm really rich. So anyway, uh, so we're talking about parables, and here's the thing. Jesus is talking about the kingdom, so when we read these parables, most of the time he's saying, look, the kingdom of God is like, and he'll go, it's, it's like a, a shepherd who has a hundred sheep and he loses one and he goes after that sheep. And then we draw this conclusion of like, wow, the kingdom of God is, is run by a loving father that cares about just even one lost person. Sheep. He'll say the kingdom of God is like a woman who has these coins, these really precious gold coins, and she loses one, and then she loses her mind and tears up the whole house to try to find that lost coin. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. And what happens, what the goal of the kingdom of heaven, of experiencing the kingdom of heaven here on earth, is that Jesus wants us to be free. Oftentimes, um, and in the church, we focused a lot on sin. Uh, so heaven good, sin bad, just in case you're wondering. Uh, we focus on sin. Well, the whole point of being free from sin is to be free. 
Like to not have to deal with a mind that's, a, that's lustful, not having to deal with the, the, how much greed can mess us up, how much pride can mess us up. He wants us to be free. So this morning, what we're going to talk about is the freedom of forgiveness. <laughs> forgiveness. We have a lot going on right now in our world in 2020. A lot of angst. Our nation is addicted to outrage. Um, that's not just an opinion. That's like your brain and chemically. Uh, as a culture, we love to be outraged. Um, and so we're addicted to outrage. But the problem be of being addicted to outrage is that we look for those things that, um, where we take offense. But, but the fact of the matter is, as humans... We were designed to be in community. And if we're designed to be in community, humans and humans, when you put humans together, you get offended. You get wounded. Further, the closer you are to someone, the more they have the potential to wound you. So I'll give you an example. Um, when I was in high school, um, I met this uh, girl. Her name was Lisa. And I was like, I was done. I'm like, this is so awesome. And so I'm a young man, and I'm like full of testosterone and bold, and like, I'm a, I'm a dude, right? So I walked just like you'd think, you know, like, were you nervous? I walked right up to her friend, and I said, do you think I should ask Lisa out, okay? Because that's, that's how I roll, you know? Triangulation, it's a great way to build healthy relationships. So I, I walked up to her, her name was Tina. We actually just saw Tina. Um, I don't know if Tina's watching online, but we just saw her uh, in Arizona. We had dinner with her, and I asked her if she remembered this story where I walked up to Tina to see if Lisa would like. And so it went back and forth, back and forth. And so the news came back to me from Tina that Lisa would say probably. And so um, that was, that's, that's enough that I needed. So I asked her out um, and we started dating. And so we'd get these notes like she, well, we wouldn't, she would send me a note in my, in my locker and it would have like hearts on it and stuff. It's so awesome. I still have them all. I have every single one of them. They're in a box. And um, so maybe I'll post one on, okay, anyway. So um, so we get these notes, and I'd read these notes, and it was just like, I was so infatuated. And she had the ability to wound me at that point. Once I became invested in the relationship, she had the ability to, to wound me. And when we got into college, she broke up with me, I don't know, eight, eight to ten times. I don't know, whatever. It was something. And it was really hurtful, right? And uh, I won, by the way. Okay, just so, <laughs> spoiler alert. Uh, so she broke up with me and she was able to wound me because the closer we got together, the more ability she had to wound. Well, now we've been married for 31 years. So if she says, hey, I'm out, she's not, it's not infatuation, it's foundation. She is like the foundation of my life. And so if she decides to call it quits, which, praise God, she hasn't yet, although she's had reason to, uh, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. And so, so, so the more we get into these relationships, the more we have the ability to be wounded. And the more we have the ability to be wounded, the more bitterness and unforgiveness will ruin our lives. So here's the third thing I just want to talk about this morning. 
Forgiveness, not justice, is the pathway to freedom. Forgiveness, not justice. Because who decides what justice is? We're all broken. So I have the scale. Uh, we're going to get to the Bible in a little bit. Um, have the scale. So this scale has been in our family for decades. Um, when I was younger, my parents asked me what uh, did I want when they passed away, like out of all the stuff. And I was like, what? You're, like, you're going to die? <laughs> like, what is this? Why I... Anyway, that's another story. Um, but I said, the scales, because I loved playing with these scales, because if you put a matchbox truck in here, you could see how many quarters it would take to even out, right? So I'd play with these scales, but they never matched up, because the problem is, this isn't like science, like this isn't a real scale, like you, you wouldn't do anything with it, it's just a representation. Same with us, we are broken individuals, we are broken vessels, and it is impossible for us to have justice as we deal with one another. It's impossible. You'll go insane. I'll give you an example. I have three children. One of them is an instigator, okay? I'm not going to tell you which ones are which, okay? And maybe because she's the middle child, I don't know, but she's an instigator. I talked, she's in South, South Korea right now, and I talked to her uh, uh, via FaceTime last night. I asked if I could tell this story. Um, she said no. Uh, but so she's, she's uh, an instigator. So what she, what she would do, how it would manifest itself when, when we would be around the kitchen table, uh, the dinner table, uh, she knew that it drove the other sibling, who's an escalator, okay, so you have an instigator and you have an escalator. I won't tell you his name, but... Uh, he's the escalator. So she would like smack her lips when she'd eat, just like, and I knew what she was doing. She's getting, she's going after the escalator, like, because it bothers him. Because he has this, like, he can't stand injustice. Like, he cannot stand injustice. So he's literally getting a degree in cybersecurity so he could, like, hack into scammers' computers and, like, shut them down. I don't know, whatever. I think there's laws against it, but whatever. So, so he would, she'd smack, and then he would, he'd escalate, and he would throw something at her, right? So you have this instigation. Here, here it is, okay? So she does her thing, and there it is, okay? And he has to make it right. So he does, <laughs> right? And now she's got to make it right. So she does, and he does, and she does. Why? Because they're broken, okay? And this is, just so you know, this is way back, like in like June. Um, <laughs> so, so that's the problem with us. We can't get it equal. It's impossible. If you wound me, I can't, you can't make it right. It's impossible. I have this bracelet that I got when Jesse was in, uh, when he had his brain surgery. And uh, I, I kept it, I keep it in my bag every day to remind me that God is faithful and he's good. And that we would go through these seizures and now uh, we're not. And it's just really cool. If you stole that from me and you said, hey, you know what? I stole it. I'm, I lost it. I'm really sorry. I'm going to buy you a box of hospital bracelets. Would you pay me back? No. 
You can't pay that back. That, that's part of who I am. And this is what happens when we get into the, um, the uh, forgiveness, when we get into the subject of forgiveness. So here's what happens. Jesus is talking, he's talking, he's rabbi, he's got his disciples, there's other rabbis, they have their disciples, we talked about that last week. And Peter asks a really, really important question. Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Now this is, this, Peter's like killing it right now. Because most Jewish traditions was three the Mishnah had it as two. So, to, so three was like a liberal, um, you know, you forgive somebody three times, you don't need to forgive them a fourth time. So Peter's been hanging around Jesus, and he knows that Jesus is different. And so I don't know if he's thinking, like if one of the disciples, like if the one disciple just like took something like, another piece of bread that he shouldn't have had, and then G Peter's just like asking right then, like, hey, how many, how many times do I need to forgive this dude, right? Seven? Because Jesus is really spiritual. Seven times. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Some translations say, it, so that would be 77. Some translations have it, but 77 times, which is 490. Carry the two. Um, I actually looked that up before I preached that. Seventy-seven times. So 490 times. So you're saying, well, John, what is it? Like, please be 77. Please be 77. Like, don't be seven, 490, right? The point that Jesus is saying is, stop counting. Stop counting. You're never going to get it right. Like, even if we had an app on our phone, it's like, oh, I forgive them again. Mm. You only got eight more to go before it runs out. Stop counting. And then, because it's important, and because it's the kingdom, and because it brings freedom, he tells a parable. Here's the parable. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like. In other words, therefore, in other words, I'm going to explain why you should stop counting. I'm going to explain why it's best for you to stop counting, to just forgive. You say, John, if I keep forgiving, am I going to be a doormat? No, they're called healthy boundaries. You can look into it. It's not a big deal. You, you don't have to place yourself in a position where you're constantly being wounded. But you will be wounded. And oftentimes by the people that are closest to you because they have the ability to wound you more than just a stranger. The kingdom of heaven is like. So therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. If you listen to Pastor Michelle's sermon a couple weeks ago, which I suggest you do if you want to go back online and check it out, uh, she talked about what a talent is. A talent isn't a unit of, it's, it's, it's a, it's an amount of gold. It was worth 15 years' salary, okay? A talent. So when, you, when she preached on the parable of uh, the three servants of the talents, some had five, one had five, one had 10, one had one. Um, uh, she talked about that. 15 years. Okay, so Jesus, remember, 
parables Jesus is making up. And he, he makes up the story to prove a point. So therefore, it's like a king who wanted to settle uh, a settlement, who owed him, these are 10,000 talents, 10,000 15-year salaries. I, I did a little thing this week, and I, I said, well, let's just say, I, I typed in California minimum wage. You know, it's like 13 bucks. I thought, okay, $13, eight hours a week, you know, five days a week, whatever. Times 15, times 10,000. The number, you ready, is four quadrillion dollars in today's number. Four quadrillion, and some change. Uh, but four quadrillion dollars. That's what the servant owed. So, the only reason I bring this up, the people during Jesus' time didn't even have a number for like billion or million. It wasn't even a number. Like it wasn't, there was no concept of it. And Jesus chooses for us, like we cannot pick four quadrillion dollars. I owe four quadrillion dollars. Okay. So that's what he says. It was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, <laughs> duh, because nobody has four quadrillion dollars, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Well, listen, I love my children, okay? They ain't worth four quadrillion dollars, okay? So it's like what's happening here is punitive. The king goes, you can't repay, so I'm going to make you pay. Does that make sense? You see where Jesus is going? The person who wounded you cannot repay you. And here's what we do with our scales. Something happens. We say, oh, I, I, just, I just want him to apologize. Oh, that's going to make it perfect. And so they apologize. But you still feel wounded. You still feel wounded. And so you say, hey, I, I found out that, uh, uh, that they, they apologized. That's good. Everything's good? No. No, they didn't. I didn't like the, the way they said it. Oh, so they need to apologize, but it has to be said like a perfect, a certain way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they had said it this way, like, I'm really sorry, and you didn't deserve that, um, and you're beautiful. Okay, great, good. And they apologize. Hey, you know, I'm sorry. You know, it's not your fault, and you're, and you're beautiful, or whatever. And they say, nah, but I had to ask them to apologize. Right? You see what we do? We do this all the time. You know why we do it? Because it's impossible for us to be just. Because we're broken. That's why. And so, so he, he goes, and so the king is like, well, you can't repay me because he never could repay, so I'm going to make you pay. You ever done that? You bring stuff up over and over and over, and the person's like, look, I get it. I, I messed up. Yeah, but, and you just keep bringing it up. You make them pay, even though they cannot repay. At this the servant fell to his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back the four quadrillion dollars. I'll pay back everything. I'll make it right. Maybe, maybe you're in a relationship and you messed up. You can't repay them. You messed up. What's done is done. We're broken people. 
And we're wounded people. Don't promise to pay back everything. You can't. But we were designed to be in community. So what do we do? I'm going to hurt you. You're going to hurt me. What do we do? And so he says, I'll pay back everything. The master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Before I get to the three things that are going to help us forgive at the end of this sermon, I want you to see these things. This is the first hint on how to forgive. First, we take pity. You say, why would I take pity on someone who's wounded me? Because the reason they wounded you is because they're wounded. It's because they're broken. This is just empathy. We've lost this in America. We've lost the ability to empathize. Somebody gets caught doing something, like just this week, somebody got caught doing something, and we love it, depending on which side of the aisle we're on. We love it. We love watching someone get, get caught when we should have pity. Oh, man. Now, this is so hard when you're the one who's been wounded. Trust me, I get it. You know, you don't, you know, you, someone steals, you know, something out of your garage and you're like, aw, he probably needed it, right? It's hard. But then he canceled the debt. He could have just took pity. I am so sorry you're going to jail with all your family and we're going to sell them into slavery. Ah, it just gets me right here. Like, you know, Visa calls you up. I am so sorry that you owe us $7,000. It just kills me, but uh, we're filing, uh, we're suing you, you know. But man, I just want you to know, it's not enough to just take pity. We cancel the debt and then he lets him go. Doesn't ask, well, what are you going to do with the, you know, like, what are you going to do next? Like, what, how are you going to respond when I forgive you this debt? Are you going to be a good person? Are you going to not steal four quadrillion dollars again? Nothing. Part of forgiveness is letting them go. Is not bringing it up again with them. Of not making them pay. Because they can't repay you. So that's what he does. He takes pity on him. He empathizes with him. He understands him. And he cancels the debt. And then he lets him off the hook. Do you know how hard that is? Have you ever been wounded? Of course you have. Because you're human. And it's just, isn't it hard? Isn't this one the hardest one? To like let him go? To not bring it up? Do you, do you know what self-talk? So I talk to myself in the shower, um, just FYI. And I know that I'm not being healthy when I'm having conversations with someone who isn't in my life anymore that wounded me. And I'm having a conversation with them, a fake conversation. All that does is reveal there's something still wrong. I haven't done this. I haven't let them go. Why? Because I'm talking to him in the shower, right? Which, now that I say that out loud, it doesn't sound right. But letting him go is hard. So that's what he does. And you can kind of get the idea. This is exactly, exactly how your heavenly father has treated you. You're going to see this. That this is, this is the point. Remember, the kingdom of heaven. In other words, when God is on the throne, what is it like? It's like a king. 
It's like your heavenly father going, you've done stuff you cannot repay. But I'm going to send Jesus and we're going to cancel the debt and I'm going to let you go. Is there any caveats to it? Do I need to, uh, not really, but I'm going to continue the story to kind of show you the heart of your heavenly father. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins, a hundred days wages, essentially, a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. <laughs> okay. How you feel about this dude right now is exactly how Jesus wants you to feel. Remember, he made this story up. You owed four quadrillion dollars. They owe you three months wages. It's still a lot of money. I mean, if, you know, whatever three months wages is. It might be 10 grand, something like that. I don't know. That's a lot of money. But, but you were forgiven four quadrillion dollars. Like, he chokes him, pay back what you owe me, he demanded. And his fellow servant says the, almost the exact same thing he said to the king. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. This next verse is so sad. But he refused. He had a choice. He had a choice at that point to take the mercy that he had received, to, to bathe and bask in the kingdom of heaven, this idea of Jesus, thank you for setting me free. And then he just put the shackles right back on. He refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. That guy probably could have ended up over time paid off the debt. Well, when the other servants <laughs> saw what had happened, they were outraged. Like you would be, right? If you saw that, you saw someone was forgiven a large debt and then they go after somebody who hardly owes them anything. It doesn't make any sense. We do it all the time. We do it in a lot of our relationships. Oftentimes, we will destroy relationships because of what was said at a party. And we just couldn't let it go. And we've been forgiven so much. You say, but John, 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 you don't understand. You don't understand. I'm a good person. Yes, I asked Jesus into my heart and I asked him for forgiveness. And I know I've done some bad things. One time I stole some candy when I was nine. And so I know that's a sin and I've asked for forgiveness. But what they did to me, if you heard my story, you would understand why I cannot forgive them. You can forgive them. Jesus has given us the power to forgive them. Don't refuse to forgive them do you need to keep up with that relationship do you need to have them over for dinner do you need no no but you need to forgive them here's the problem they went and told the master everything that had happened when my brokenness combines with your woundedness it creates a debt 
that'll never be repaid. It'll never be repaid. Because I'm broken and you're wounded and vice versa. And so we create these, these wounds, these things with each other. They cannot be repaid. I've seen it in marriages. I've seen it with children. I've seen, I've seen people who can't see their grandkids because something happened back in the day. You'll never make it right. Humans are terrible at justice. Do we try for justice? Absolutely, we try for justice. We want, we want racial reconciliation. We want, we want just laws. We, we run in a whole country that's supposed to be just. But in our personal relationships, it's impossible because you don't know how broken I am. You don't know how wounded I am. You don't know my childhood. One little thing that you could say, isn't this funny? I could have five people up here and I could say to one, hey, you need to stay in school. And they're like motivated. I'm going to stay in school. I'm going to get my degree. The other one says, what, I'm not smart? You don't think I'm smart, right? And it's like, no, no, no. I, it's just a state. I just made a statement, right? The other one might be like, uh, you know, oh, you think education makes you better. Like, no, I, no, I just said you should stay. You see how that is? I mean, you, you pick any example you want. Because when my brokenness combines with your woundedness, it creates a debt that cannot be repaid. So here's what happens. Then the master called the servant, you wicked servant, okay? I canceled all that debt of yours. Because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had on you? Guess what the answer to that question is. Yes. <laughs> That's the answer. Not maybe. Not it depends. Well, if you had known that, you know, that was my, that was my retirement that he, you know, needs to pay back. No. No, answer the question. Jesus made up a story. For us to answer the question, you've been forgiven. Shouldn't you forgive? The answer is yes. But John, you don't, you don't know the damage they did. We have Jesus for that. We have Jesus to make up that difference. But you, you don't know how they wounded me. You don't know. We have Jesus for that. See, I've been forgiven. I have a relationship with my heavenly father through what Jesus did on the cross. I should forgive. Oh, but I can never, you know, it cost, it cost me everything. They, they, he stole from me. He, he made me go bankrupt in the business. I know, but we have Jesus for that. We have a king who's forgiven us. In anger, the master handed him over to the jailers and tortured, to, to, uh, to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. How long do you think it took him to be tortured to where he could pay back four quadrillion dollars. Never. Never. Let me just read a little bit into the Bible. Our unforgiveness is torturing us. He wants you to be free. He wants you to let it go. Disney even did a whole, a whole thing over let it go, right? It's important. Let it go. Be free. Be released. Jesus knows it was hard. Jesus knows what happened was wrong. What they did was wrong. 
But it's torture to keep it, reliving it. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. You say, Jesus is going to torture me if I don't forget, forgive? No, he's going to allow you to be tortured by you. <laughs> and so he tells this story. I got, as the worship band comes up, um, I want to give you three things that I pray for those who've wounded me. One is, Lord, help me love them like you love them. That person that, that wounded you, you know God loves them? Do you know that? He loves them. Do you know, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, that God loves Donald Trump and Joe Biden the same? Isn't that fascinating? Wow. Lord, help me love them like you love them. Help me see them like you see them. Let me see them as you see them. Help me love them like you love them. Help me see them like you see them. Broken. Broken. When their brokenness mixes with my woundedness, it creates a debt that cannot be repaid. And then here's the third one, and this is the toughest one, but I'm telling you, there's so much healing in this. Bless them. Bless them. You say, oh, man, they stole from me. Well, you have to understand how blessing works in the kingdom of God. Blessing is shalom. It's universal flourishing. It's the way things were supposed to be. God, in their life, make it the way it's supposed to be. Because people in shalom don't steal from other people. They don't cheat other people. So bless them. Bless everybody. We bring shalom. We bring it the way it's supposed to be. May your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I want to just read one more thing. I, I, I don't want to take up too much time. Yeah, so check this out. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. And then the Apostle Paul doesn't end there. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Well, how did the Lord forgive me? Did, did you earn your forgiveness? <laughs> no, nah, you didn't. Did you, did you make up for your sin or make up for how you lived your life? Did you make up, like, okay, God, I, you know, I robbed two liquor stores, so now I'm going to help you know, feed the poor for 27 years. No, it doesn't work that way. You, you can't. You can't decide justice. And this is what we should do for one another. We forgive as the Lord has forgiven us because they cannot repay. We have the power to set them free and set ourselves free. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, these things are so difficult to do. Uh, and we've just, I know a lot of people's stories and there's a lot of woundedness. Things they didn't do themselves, they didn't deserve it. Father, I, I think about Jesus on the cross. Crown of thorns on his head. Blood coming down his face. He's got a nail in each hand. 
through his feet. He's hanging on the cross. And he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They have no idea what they're doing. God, would you give us, help us to be able to have that same spirit. It's, it's, it's your kingdom. We want to experience your kingdom. So we just ask for strength to do that. In Jesus' name.